<laughs> Welcome to the Dice and the Design podcast, episode 13, and we think, we're just talking off camera, is our one year anniversary, so... Hooray! <laughs> Woo! Birthday! Yeah! Podcast. <laughs> yeah, no I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm sure it was September we started, I think. Do you know what? I don't know why I'm saying sure as if I can't check within like one second. some way in this technology <laughs> device. <laughs> While you're checking that, I'll take us through what we're going to be uh, talking about today. We have, uh, first of all, uh, after our news and updates, we'll have a little update on how we're getting on with our preparations for the Warhammer Fantasy Battle Tournament at Warhammer World uh, coming up in a couple of weeks at Battle Brothers. Uh, we'll do some... Uh, we're not going to call it rumours, we're going to call it wish listing, and look at what we're looking for for the next edition of Warhammer, which is rumoured for next next year. Cool. So, Welcome back. So do, do you have the official... I do. Do you want, do you want to hear our birthday? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, we're actually a bit off it. <laughs> First of November, apparently. Really? Yeah. Well, oh, we've actually, in that case, we're overproductive. <laughs> yeah, more than one episode a month. <laughs> we've got to slow down. It's our birthday and we'll cry if we want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We can make it up. <laughs> so what have we been up to, Guy? Start with uh, Colin the Green Man Grave first. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what have I been up to games-wise? Uh, it's been actually because of our last two sort of semi-recorded, pre-recorded episodes. It's been a while since we've been talking about this, isn't it? I can't remember what we've been doing. Well done on that, by the way. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed it. Actually, I, it was quite good fun talking to Julian. I think we should do some more interviews. You guys, uh, do you want to line up some people? We need to try and think of some people to try and drag on here. Yeah, I'll try and dredge up some uh, people. Some of the gaming glitterati. You must know a few famous people, Joe. Uh, oh, yes. Best <laughs> doing with famous people. Or start start name dropping. Yes. Start getting them on. <laughs> But yeah, no, it was good fun, actually. Um, but yeah, sorry, Gaiman, uh, I have been uh, pretty much addicted mainly to XCOM for the last uh, few weeks. I've been taking secret moments to go and uh, actually, <laughs> I've been quite enjoying uh, sending the wife off to bed uh, and then sitting for three hours playing from like 10 o'clock onwards and then getting woken up by the little guy two hours later, so it's not very wise, but yeah. hey, it's the only time I can get for <laughs> for playing games. Um, but I'm loving it, actually. XCOM, it's, it's so much, it's so nostalgic because it's exactly the same plot pretty much as the last one, as the, you know the Amiga one back in the 90s uh, and same weapons, same aliens, a lot of the same stuff so you'd imagine it should be boring but actually it's really cool. Yeah. And we really should do a review of review so that now yeah. two of us are going to have to yeah. check that out as well. Yeah, talking yeah, about nostalgia I've been playing the Space Hulk video game as well. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> is that is that a new version? It's a, yeah, it's a new version that's just come out on Steam like the last right. couple of weeks or so, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's very faithful to the board game or to the, yeah. the current edition of the board game or the third edition. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Um, yeah, uh, XCOM's the same. It's just they've updated it enough so that it makes it really easy to play, and I really like the way they've set up the system, like the the sort of the gameplay. It's just and there's apparently there's a mobile version which is what I'm pining over a, an iPhone, an iPad now. I'm kind of regretting buying my Galaxy Tab because there's an iPad version of the game, and I'm pretty sure I could get a lot more 
playing if I had an iPad version as opposed didn't to having I, to... Didn't I tell you I was with you when you were buying that Galaxy? I know, say, I know. I'm on it on the iPad, you know? <laughs> it's, only, it's only £300 more. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Uh, I'm actually thinking about selling the Galaxy just to, uh, <laughs> to upgrade, <laughs> but hey. <laughs> Isn't that a birthday present? Uh, yeah, you're really to sell birthday <laughs> presents, aren't you? <laughs> so yeah, that'd be good. That, I won't talk about that much then, yeah, because that'd be good to do an interview, uh, an interview, a review of that at some point, especially after we've had a go at the uh, multiplayer as well, because the multiplayer looks really good. It's a bit of a tag on, but it's good in that because it's not, it's quick. Well, time no, but turn, I mean, I just, I just think it sounds like ideal multiplayer because you can just once you know the game, you basically you can spend half an hour setting up your team, and it's a really similar way to Warhammer. Actually, you've got a point system, don't you? So you've got points yeah. that you can spend on your team, kit them out with all sorts of stuff, and then you go in and just play a, yeah, exactly, a twenty-minute half an hour match, and then you can play a few times in an evening. It's not like a, it doesn't take up tons of time, but you can put a lot of time into it if you want to, building your team and refining your setup and all that kind of stuff. It sounds really good to me. Well, let's save the rest of the review. What else are you yeah. doing? Uh, we had more, more Warhammer since the uh, well, last talk. Yeah, played a couple of Warhammers. We've played uh, Brits versus uh, Wars of Chaos a couple of times. Yeah, well, the uh, first one we had uh, was on the last episode, remember? Was that... Oh, yeah, of course we did a review of it. Yeah, so I wanted... Yeah, anyway. So, yeah, a couple of games of that. Um, then, we, then we broadcast it to Joe. Indeed. Oh, yeah, did that, didn't I? That was oh, yeah. <laughs> We had, uh, we had it on a, on a hangout, didn't we, of uh, sharing our, the, your cameras, your two cameras set up on the table, didn't you? Yeah. So I could kind of watch yep. what, was, what was going on, what you were playing. Yeah. And that was quite good. Well, it was sometimes hard to tell which units were which. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was trying, think yeah, it was worth the effort. Board, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was using my own gaming table as, as a proxy board and had a proxy model set up and was trying to like follow the movement so I could uh, work out what was going on. And no, uh, it's yeah. quite good. It's good fun. And uh, Got a general idea of what was going on. Thought some things out of um, out of place, but yeah, the Bretonians <laughs> doing doing pretty well though at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. kicking some ass. But, uh, but yeah, we can. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> oh, we're totally next. Next, uh, you'd wait, Joe. The next episode of Dyson Design will be us glorifying our uh, our victory uh, <laughs> of the whole tournament. Uh, the Bretts and the Wood Elves, <laughs> the old forgotten armies, the victorious army over the rest. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, anyway, we'll talk about that in the next episode, obviously. One thing uh, about than... um, playing on, sorry, one thing about playing online. Uh, I've been trying to remember the name of the online environment for for playing war games called Vassal, and we've actually played. Uh, Call you and I have played uh, uh, Carcassonne on that. So yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that that might be worth a look at in future. Mm. Anything else? Uh, last couple of things, just playing on. I've been downloading a bunch of mobile games recently. Actually, uh, I've been playing Rumchapel, which uh, I think I might, did. I mention that in the last one. Can't remember. Anyway, it's a great game. Everyone go and buy it. It's a. Uh, I think it's Scandinavian, and it's uh, just a little base defense stroke um, resource management uh, stroke Tetris. Weirdly, <laughs> but it's a cool little game for about three quid. I think it is. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's kept me occupied for many hours, uh, and I, that'll do it for just now, I think. Okay, Joe Prince, you are up. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I was, I was already saying about Space Hulk. I've been playing a lot of that um, 
online since the not online actually, but on my computer since that came out, and that's that's good fun. It's um, it's a wee bit. All the bugs fun. being fixed. <laughs> it's a, they've done a few patches already, which is good, um, which have, have fixed some of the bugs. But I still can't play on my laptop because there's still no cursor, <laughs> which is slightly annoying. But that's probably something to do with Windows 8 or something. Anyway, so I'm stuck playing it on my uh, slightly ancient desktop, um, which I can still get a fairly decent game out of, but I have to have everything turned down very low, and sometimes it gets very laggy. But despite that, I've still played through the whole uh, Sin of Damnation campaign on normal setting, and that was it was very enjoyable. It was good. Um, I think we're kind of hoping there for extra content, really. Yeah. It's not so. very I mean, many levels. No, there's not. So I think then you either have to go onto the multiplayer and uh, take people on with a hot seat mode or online. Um, or, yeah, it's, it's going to be so easy for them to release new content though, or new levels or anything. So they should be able to get quite a lot out. Yeah, if it says. Quickly, I thought. Yeah. And they're not getting my money until they fix the, until they <laughs> the cursors. Yeah. <laughs> You say it's really faithful to the board game, Joe. Does that mean that it's very difficult to win? Um, well, you, it's very puni- it punishes mistakes very heavily. So if you, yeah, if you, it's easy, very easy to mess up and totally lose a level quite quickly, and you terminate it, it's just getting minced all over. So, um, thankfully, I just have an undo button because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you're fighting the control system more than the gene stealers, but you can. Really? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Undo that, and I'm just experimenting playing it on hard, where it has the timer, so you only have two minutes to make your turns, and that oh, really? makes it a lot more difficult, <laughs> <laughs> a lot trickier. Did you um, did you see the new Games Workshop game going to uh, uh, going on the computers? Chainsaw no. Warrior, <laughs> <laughs> right? Off of the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I've never heard of that before, but it sounds oh, good. Yeah, that is an old school one, isn't it? Like 1987 or something that came out. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I might have a quite fancy game, a multiplayer game of that as well, actually, Joe. I'll have to get a hold of it. How yeah. much was it off Steam? It was, I think it was 20 quid. About yeah, that. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I pre-ordered it, so I've got an extra um, skin for the Gene Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Nice. Very exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, and another that it's just been the the, the Warhammer games that we've been practicing for Battle Brothers. Yeah, which we'll be getting on to. Um, I suppose I shall run through the games so far. Well, should we just now. talk about it in our Warhammer section? We'll do it in the main section. Yeah, yeah, the main section. Um, oh. And Eternal Contenders, of course, again. Yes. Cool. What about you, Grant? What have you been playing? Um, I think things pretty much be covered by what you guys are saying. I've been playing yeah. um, a Lego game uh, right. with my niece again over the over the summer. I got her the there. I'd already given her a, a, one of the Reiner Knizia Lego uh, Lego games with the mummy in it uh, oh, called really? Ramses Revenge. Uh, and I now got I got her the bigger one, the uh, Ramses Pyramid, which is a Big Lego pyramid that you can, with lots of mummies running down the sides of it. It's largely a memory game, uh, but it's quite, it's quite cool. It's it's playable again, like like the other Lego game. That means my niece sometimes wins because there's luck involved, 
but uh, but I win more because I'm I have a better memory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not letting her win because I'm, I'm like that. Honestly, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, that's tricky. That that's the subject for another episode. I think gaming with with kids or gaming with anyone, and how much should you let other people win, or should you always mm-hmm. just troll slayer mentality? Never play for a defeat. <laughs> oh, burn hand, the burned hand learns. Depends <laughs> if it's your your other half or not. <laughs> and you're desperately trying to get them to get into games. <laughs> oh, it depends if, if you're a game shop owner and you want people to buy the game. <laughs> if you're in a demo game. <laughs> uh, besides that, I've bought games. I've uh, finally gotten Dreadball because it was massively reduced in OG games. Uh, and I also bought the for the a Game of Thrones like uh, living card game. I I bought the uh, Targaryen uh, pack, so I'll have lots of dragons and stuff in that, which I look forward to playing. And then I got the team, the the Rattling team, what they called the Vermin, vermin team. Vermin, yeah. Yeah. I got, I got that. So look forward to playing some games of that. Looking forward to Life After, Life After Battle Brothers, and yeah. trying trying some other games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's about it. Is there anything else to put on the notes? I'll do. <laughs> I think we've gone long enough anyway. Uh, which always oh, remember yeah. that uh, Chroma twenty one forty five is on Kickstarter, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yep. Indeed. Uh, yeah, it just went live uh, today, wasn't it? I think I saw the announcement just today. Actually. I think it was, yeah. Uh, so they're they're already up to a grand. I know you were saying, Joe, earlier that uh, it's quite an ambitious target. They're, they've got it on at 20 grand, but they've already made a grand already. It's already so, grand in the day, yeah. so they, I think they'll, they'll probably do it, but yeah, it, it yeah. sounds quite a lot. But then I suppose you see other um, RPG projects that get get uh, loads and do really well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Space Nine just got £70,000. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like a fairly indie sort of uh, setup, isn't it? Um, hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it does. It has had like previous edition. Um, All right. Which, which had, uh, well, must have had a fairly substantial following, but not, but not huge. And not heard much about it for a, for a long time. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did amazingly well. So. We've totally got to do a dice from a design Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> What would you I'm not sure. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I go and check it out. We'll put the link in the show notes uh, or just look up um, Chromer2145. You'll find it on their site. I think it links straight to it from there. Uh, you can find it on Kickstarter that way too. But there's a, there's a very... Um, uh, well, it's a, yeah. There's a good video on the uh, Kickstarter page, which is just Julian going through the whole game, I think, and explaining how it all works and stuff. So, if you didn't get enough information in our last podcast or the podcast before that, even, then uh, have a look at that. Okay, so uh, are we ready to move on to the next topic? Yeah, yeah let's give a little overview on, on Battle Brothers and our uh, thoughts on the tournament. Um, yeah, that's a good. Uh, that's actually quite a good sort of games design uh, macro view, isn't it? Like, how do you design a tournament for a game? Yeah. <laughs> how do you yeah. design a fun tournament that's already around a fun game? 
And it, it is tricky, especially in war yeah. games as well, because you've got very different um, kind of camps of players of what they feel yeah. the game should be about or how it should work. And then Warhammer itself is a is a, a odd in the way that it's on one hand says it's a beer and pretzel simple game, but then on the other hand there's like 300 page manuals and then. It's not a beer and has, War and, has Warhammer ever claimed to be a beer and pretzel game? If it has, I'm going to slap it. Well, no, probably not beer and pretzel, but they, they claim that it's, it's, a fun, it's a friendly, yeah. casual game, fun game. It's a, hob- it's not a hobby a, game. It's not yeah. supposed to be super competitive. <laughs> uh, do they, just out of interest, tournaments, so, yeah. yeah. Just out of interest, do they, you know, the kind of, the the difference between 40k and fantasy, basically 40k mm-hmm. is the kids' game and fantasy is the adults' game. Do they ever <laughs> actually specifically say that? <laughs> no, no, I think it's a bit more nuanced than that. You're probably annoyed a lot of 40k players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll have a slightly simpler rule set and smaller yes. number of models and shitloads of space marines. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I, I've played about 40k. I, I quite enjoy it actually. It's, it's, I almost think, I, well, I've not played it much, but my experience of it was that I enjoyed it more because it's quicker and it's a bit easier. So if it's a kids' game, then I'm a kid, so it's fine. You're playing a small game that was like at 800 points or something, wasn't it? Uh, yep, but yeah, you were playing, um, playing a starter set, weren't you? You were playing the. Uh, it was, it, yeah, it was slightly more complicated than that, wasn't it? It was. Um, We'd added in a few extra units, I think. But yeah, you're right. It wasn't. It was, certainly wasn't a f- massive game by any means. So yeah. Aye. Anyway, sorry. Go on. <laughs> I was just curious. Um, no, but that's that's in- interesting to think about the tournaments and the, the yeah, I think the tournaments for 40k probably do vary from Warhammer as well. But it's interesting the way Games Workshop have approached it because their I think their official line on both the games are like this shouldn't be taken too seriously or used in hyper competitive environments mm. um, but then they still run their tournaments and their tournaments because it's their game is to just use all the books as they are whereas some of the other tournaments will have um, comp scores or things where they yeah. limit what you can take and what you can't take to try and better balance it and make it a fairer game Yeah. Um, although a lot of the time I believe it's, it's what people don't, they're trying to fix the game and just make their own vision of it. You hear some, or just, you know, there's some huge differences in, in the way people play the game. I mean, I've, yeah. I used to follow the ETC every year, but I, I didn't really follow it this year, because looking at it, 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 it's changed quite quite considerably from what's in the rulebook. I don't know if there's much I can learn from from about playing Warhammer myself from the, from the way that it's played there. Uh, the ETC being the pretty much the world championship of of Warhammer, which is independent of Games Workshop, but yeah. um, played in somewhere in Europe every year, and and it's uh, yeah with with teams of eight. Yeah, they it's quite heavily comped, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, and so they changed they entirely changed the the line of sight system. Really. So it's not just because, I mean, my impression of the comping system is that they tend to say things like um, you're only allowed one Hydra or you're only allowed one of the Screaming Bell or something like that, you know. It's basically to stop the ridiculous combos that tend to just do really well. Um, But do they do that as well? Do they actually change rules entirely? Sometimes they do for for certain things. They might change how... Yeah, they might change how certain magic items work. Yeah, uh, they might change how 
steadfast works or how many points you get. Yeah, they might change things like you get points when you've half killed a unit instead of having to completely really? kill it to get points and things like that. So yeah. and that's one of those things they dragged back into existence from previous from previous Aye. um previous editions because the the tournament organizer likes that. Yeah, <laughs> and that's quite and a different thing. Yeah, that's quite a different thing to limiting the amount of like the hard ass units that you can use as well, isn't it? I mean, that's that's changing the game entirely. Yeah, totally. Or, or changing some of the scenarios, just saying like, yeah, we, we won't play Watchtower because we don't think that's fair. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's changed a sixth of um, the potential scenarios you'll play at tournament or something. <laughs> um, it's not just in terms of fairness; it's also in terms of uh, a lot. A lot of people make comp systems based on. Um, they're wanting to see a variety of armies, and not just the same build. But, yeah, if, right. but if any, but if any comp system becomes too prevalent, then you wind up seeing the build that gets around, that, that's filthy and gets around that comp system. <laughs> I mean, South, uh, yeah. the, what a pe- lot of people talk about is the South Coast GT uh, comp because that's the one that uh, Dan Dan and Wayne off of Helen, the Heelenhammer podcast. Uh, who started up again recently, and probably one of the most uh, professional-sounding sort of podcasts, um, and actually stay on topic, unlike many I'm podcasts. More professional than this one, surely. <laughs> what were we talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> talking about comps. Um, yeah, so they, uh, they're, they're, um, they have the biggest tournaments. They have that's the biggest tournament in the UK. Oh, right. And uh, th- so their their comp pack gets used around around the place, all over the world, in fact. Really? And but but people tend to that some of the top tables uh, apparently uh, then bring the same builds. Yeah, which is right. one tournament and the next like tournament. I like the way Warhammer World do it. I like the Warhammer World approach. Games well, that's 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 the relevant one. So let's hear about this one. Yeah. It's very sensible. Well, maybe it's because it's more mainstream, but I haven't met tons of filthy lists or tons of similar lists when I play it. It's been generally quite different mm. things that I've played. There's only like one ogre list in the last tournament that I went to that had, you know, that was a bit, a bit, a bit gamey, I suppose. Um, but uh, the way that they, they do it is like, it's, it's everything in the books, you know, you just play it by the book, that's legal. But um, as well as your points for each game, there's then a best game vote, which you give to another player. So if you rock up with a filthy list that just tables people and isn't fun to play against, you're not going to get any best game votes, which means it's virtually impossible for you to win your category. Do you think that works, though, or do people just vote that best game thing on how much they like the other guy? I mean, I know possibly having a completely ridiculous list might make you like him a little bit less, but then you'll get people that you get on with well that have a filthy list that you'll still vote decent game, I suppose. Well, I, I think that's you know that, that, that's your um, threshold of filth, isn't it? <laughs> in a way, like if if the guys brought a list to which the internet would say that's filth, but if you thought, oh no, that was actually a fun game, I enjoy playing against it, not, I'd happily play that again. Yeah. Then you've said no, that's different. Yeah. Or if someone just turns up and just uh, you know just destroys you with some overpowered combo <laughs> that's not fun to play against. Yeah. And you just well. Well, that's not going to be my favourite game, and it's very likely he's going to score it with anyone else. So I think that it seems to balance it. Was that? Am I right in thinking? I've heard. La- sorry, I've heard ways of getting around that. Is if you put your filth into your magic items, 
and if it looks like you're going to win, don't use them. <laughs> yeah. Well, then it looks, uh, you know, people just not using their their, you know, the big magic weapon because they're going to win anyway. Why why table someone? Why wipe someone out to make them feel bad? Mm. You've already got the win, and having win loss system mm. like uh like uh, the Warhammer tournaments do, like the official games workshop ones do. Um, rather than this 20 nil system where you have degrees of victory, uh, which the a lot yeah. of the independent ones do. In fact, nearly all the independent tournaments do. Uh, I like Sorry. Hmm? I was saying I don't really like the, the degrees of victory. The Warhammer used to do it as well at their HQ events. They used to have the degrees of victory, but um, I just like it being a win-loss or draw. Yeah. I know there's kind of... I was just thinking when you were talking about that there, whether which one I prefer. I'm not sure because I do like the fact that when you've got the degrees of victory, at least when you're getting your arse kicked, you can kind of feel like you're still there's still a point in playing a bit more because you can claw a few points back at least. Like rather than 20 nil, you might get a 15-5 or something like that. But then again, mm. when when you've got a win loss or draw, if you're win if you're if it's a close game, you're going to keep playing anyway. But then, yeah, I'm not sure actually. Yeah, so many games, at least as far as the <laughs> ones I'm involved in, I can I, I know I've lost turn two. And yeah. Then I'm like, oh, so do you think yourself into a lot of <laughs> turn two? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so do you think that if you were playing a twenty uh, nil system, you would uh, you would play more then, Grant? Would that encourage you to keep playing? Care a bit more? I've only been to one tournament before. It was at Sterling. Um. Uh. I suppose, yeah, I mean, I got tabled first and last game by Demons, so that wasn't that great. But actually, the, the, my favourite game of that tournament was uh, last from the Saturday night, playing against Tomb Kings, and but I was clawing back points as I went. Still knew I was losing, but yeah, I was, I was clawing back points and clawing back points and, and yeah. to, to get the best result I could. Yeah. You can enjoy taking back a little bit of dignity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or running monsters behind buildings and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so don't lose the points for them. I, su I suppose it all comes down to who you're aiming the tournament at, doesn't it? Because I mean, you've got you've definitely got two types of players. You've got the ones that are coming along just to have a fun couple of days, uh, and then you've got the ones that are coming along who want it to be completely skills based. They want it to be absolutely no chance whatsoever. Like you mentioned earlier on, playing your niece Lego. Yeah, you don't want any luck. Like some people want it to be completely strip out the luck, no luck whatsoever. It's all down to how well you play. So I suppose the comp system helps in that because if it evens out so much that suddenly it becomes a bit like chess, it's like it's all about the skill. There's no, yeah, <laughs> you barely yeah. forget about the dice. Well, people treat it like it's also as well as as well as the luck thing. Um, people treat it like it isn't something special, like it's just a game. It's not just a game. It's a hobby game. It's a miniatures game, and the miniatures on the table should mean something. You know, there should be some character in there. You know, things should blow up. Things should be a bit crazy because because that's a wizard on the table. It's not just a playing piece. It's a it's a bit of a work of art. You know, and you're <laughs> you're making rules making rules that make sense. To, to for the narrative, yeah, uh, uh, the, the story. story, yeah, the story that's mm. told by 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 that miniature on the table, yeah, uh, and 
even if even if it's not perfectly balanced which by the way no 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 hobby game can be really not if you're going to make it interesting yeah yeah not unless I as soon as you introduce the different races and stuff it's just yeah impossible well, it's just mm-hmm. very, as soon as you get anything with a level of complexity it must be almost impossible to um even theoretically propose what would be a perfect balance. Yeah. How would you test that? How would you? Could, Everybody gets the same. Everybody gets <laughs> well, would you, would you say it's it's balanced if they're playing two races, the same races? So if you have like dwarfs versus dwarfs, is that balanced? Yeah, because you had the same options. Yeah. To start with, everyone started on a living playing field. Yeah, yeah but still, there can still be unbalanced units within that, can't there? You can still be like, oh, we have cannons. They seem a bit better than these small <laughs> slayers or something. <laughs> yeah, if, if you talk about, if you're talking about, if you talk about the game starts before before you get to the table, the game starts while you're writing your list. But uh, yeah, so if you've all got equal options to the everything in the list, then it's balanced at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. But then if you're going to put like I don't know some options. Uh, decidedly weaker than others for the same points, then I suppose you're interest, introducing that level a level of skill early on, aren't you? Where you need yeah. to be, you need mm-hmm. a skill to build a list before you, you can't just show up with a thousand points worth of stuff and it be equivalent to another thousand points worth of stuff. <laughs> no, I mean it's like as we said before, it's it's amazing. But it's actually balanced, amazing how balanced how balanced it is. Um, uh, considering, you know, yeah, yeah. Considering the the huge number of army books and options yeah. and uh, yeah, um, well we're getting further away from the tournament. Yeah, again, I'll, I'll just come back to, to yeah. closer to list design. Uh, yeah, we'll move on. I just want to say the other thing about the tournament, the, the Warhammer World um, one, the way they uh, kind of account for that balance as well is that each player is competing. It'd be different for Battle Brothers, but normally for the throwing scores, each player is competing within their. Um, their book, their army book, their race book. So if I went as a orc and goblin player, I'm competing against the other orcs and goblins players to see uh, who become who gets the highest rating. And how how did you do that, Joe? <laughs> I do that. Uh, I did it by not winning the most games, but by winning at least two enjoyable games and getting two best game votes. That's how mm-hmm. I won. Because so like when, when I took my Skaven, I had more actual wins, but I didn't win the Skaven category because I didn't didn't give people as enjoyable games. <laughs> because the mm-hmm. power scrolls, someone's wizard with the thirteenth spell on turn one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not an enjoyable game, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah, no, I I like that as well. I thought that was a really neat little solution to uh, to the unbalanced teams. Because what was it again? It worked in that you got the overall. Um, the oh yeah, no, it was it was, how, it was how, aye, yeah. it was how many points you were above your average, wasn't it? Yeah. Aye. So who so deviated the most? Exactly. Yeah. So you basically just had to beat your your own race by the most out of everyone. Yeah. Which, which is current. Yeah. Yeah. If there's like ten demon players rock up, then if they're all doing quite well, that'll actually make it harder for them to. Have one who emerges from yeah. the rest of the pack, and then it was who had the yeah who who beat the average by the most out of all the category winners won the overall tournament. Yeah, yeah. So it ended up being like a dwarf player at the time we went, and then yeah. it was a warriors yeah. chaos player at the time after. So. Yeah, 
I like to think I contributed to that dwarf player's victory uh, by being a bit <laughs> shit and bring, <laughs> bringing down the dwarf average. <laughs> you were one of the better dwarf players. Actually, yeah, that's like second or third. Or <laughs> yeah, I was second. Actually, yeah. I remember. I th- there was. I thought that was a really cool thing about that as well. Was the, yeah. the kind of camaraderie you had between your fellow race people because we were all running about talking to fellow dwarf players, going, "Oh, how did you do? Did you do well there?" Uh, and you, I mean, you were doing it because you wanted to know how you yeah, were doing right, basically right, relative right. to them. <laughs> yeah. But there was definite, like, um, there was definite sort of friendliness there, because you were, there were these people you were competing with particularly, but they were also your brothers in arms almost because they're playing the same race. <laughs> and then actually when that guy looked like he was doing really well, I started to, I didn't throw any games obviously, but I was just kind of hoping that he would win because he was a dwarf. He's a fellow dwarf. <laughs> a dwarf victory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was cool. But these so, these what they call what they call the soft scores, um, like like the tournaments give out rewards for painting or give out an award or points for best game. It goes it, it tells really tells you what that tournament is, whether it is a competition or whether it's a fun bunch of games. And and you're not looking for the best gen, you're not looking for the best game player, uh, best tactician, best general. You're looking for who has brought, who's made the weekend. Uh, well, it's mostly out, out, of, out of how good you are playing the game, but you're you're, you're given the tiebreaker is what have you contributed to yeah. this weekend? Uh, some tournaments give paint scores, like I said, and, and put them in the victory points. Um, if you've brought a beautiful army to the to the tournament, then you have con- contributed more than than someone who's their three color basic, you know. Yeah. Uh, if you have had more enjoyable, g- if people have picked you as the guy that 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 was that gave you the first games, then you've brought more to the you've brought more to the party. Yeah, um, definitely. And made the event. Cool. And deserve your medal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Thanks>. Yes. <laughs> cool. So yeah, what, what about the lists then? So we're going to talk about how we've gone about designing our lists, thinking about the tournament, or the partnerships as well. Yeah, I think we should have a quick... Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how much thought I gave to my partnership. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I had no idea what Russ was bringing, so, I, so I, 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 just, I just made my list up for separately, so we'll see how that goes. No thought to synergy whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I just made my thousand points and left him to, to his thousand points. Uh, <laughs> partly because I had to start painting it so long ago because I'm a slow painter. Mm. Uh, I got yeah. War Shrine, three, three uh, small units of Chosen, uh, Sorcerer minimum with Lore size. of... Yeah. Hmm? Minimum size units, aren't they? Yes, one of them has a banner. Uh, they, all have, they all have champions, and they're all five of them. Uh, Kill Sorcerer with... Uh, Lore of uh, Shadow. Well, Marcus Slash, uh, so Lore of Shadow. Uh, 17, 16 Wars of uh, Chaos Warriors, and one unit of uh, Chaos Warhounds with Vanguard. And the whole point is to get the free Demon Prince from the from the extra dice. Uh, I talked about the, the tactics a lot in our uh, little... Uh, uh, post-match wrap-up that we did. We put on that last episode call, uh, but basically looking for the free demon princes, 
and uh, hoping that my wizard doesn't die before before he turns into a massive demon prince, which is worth about 200 and something points, uh, uh, which is quite good when your list is 1,000 points and you're getting that largely for free. Largely for free. Uh, and then pointing, pointing at the enemy, uh, charging them forward and doing the happy victory dance. <laughs> <laughs> so you're actually going to do that this time? <laughs> Yeah. Not the dance, the, the dashing forward, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's been they've been quite timid. Timid demon princes, haven't they? Yeah. They're quite effectively <laughs> blocked sometimes. <laughs> uh, and sometimes well. they wrong run after the wrong things. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, Russ has Russ has got a really uh really nice looking um uh Chaos Demons Army, Laura Nurgle. Um Lots of individual beasts of Nurgle to make challenges and get in the way, and a big unit of uh, what are they call play bearers to, yeah. uh, to uh, as a big block. Yeah. Oh, and plague drones, big, really cool-looking flies uh, mm, yeah, to hover good. around <laughs> to hover around and beat things with a big stick. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's quite useful having his because my deployment is so inflexible. I need most. I need my army to basically be next to my war shrine. It is quite useful that he has those uh, beasts of Nurgle to deploy first. And yeah. uh, basically, my whole because it's uh, backwards and forth deploying, my uh, our opponents are gonna probably have deployed their whole army by the time. Uh, by the time it comes to me actually determining where I'm, where we're going to put our big blocks, including my, including my uh, entire army, which is going to have to go in the one spot. So that's quite nice. There's the synergy. There's but, the synergy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You've got about what you got three beasts in there, your hounds and his flies. So yeah, you got five drops before you have to commit anything more inflexible. Mm-hmm. I suppose. And you know, you could always put a unit chosen away from the war shrine once. It, once a tournament or something, <laughs> just <laughs> to mix it up and throw people off. Well, if I've already got if I've already got a uh, demon prince out from the first one that I put down, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's it's not so vital that I might I might want to keep my my uh, chosen as a unit of five and not kill the champion. But no, 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 no. I always want a demon. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> demon prince is awesome, and it's I, I want to get four. Out. I want to get at least three out in one of my games. Uh, yeah, so that that's that's I think that's that's us. Um, what about strategy? Slanish and Nurgle getting on pretty well as Chaos Powers yeah, do. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, you got that crazy table that the that the Chaos Demons roll on whenever they what is it every every time yeah. they cast a spell? It's every every damn magic phase, isn't it? Every one of your magic phases, yeah. Depends on what you roll. Something weird happens. Oh, and because we're both evil, we get to roll dice. We get to share our dice out, which is good. Okay, what about you? Get your guys' list then. Uh, what, yeah. what have you gone with? Well, what I've had um, my design strategy has been to take a lot of advice from uh, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, I think I started with. Um, I always have a similar kind of Brett uh, layout, which is um, basically an, a, a unit of Knights of the Realm, unit of Errant Knights, uh, what do we call them? Um, 
Pegasus Knights alongside and a Lord and a Bearer, Standard Bearer, uh, just in those units. But this time around, actually that was your suggestion mainly, Joe, wasn't it? Stick the Lord on the Pegasus. So I've got a flying about Lord and a Pegasus, which I've actually I've looked at before and I think I've used it in a couple of big armies before. Um, because it's, I always thought it would be great fun to have the old um, monster slaying lord with the heroic killing blow, um, and uh, tons of sort of rerolls and uh, armor and stuff, so it's survivable too. So that's quite good fun, isn't it? We've been trying that. I've actually managed to make it work a couple of times. I killed, um, what was it? I killed the first time. Oh yeah, you, Matt's, uh, Matt's what? what Matt's. Um, Coach, yeah, black, black coach. coach. So I took down the black coach and the, the very first time we tried it out, which was quite nice. Uh, and since then, yes, yeah, I mean it's been working quite well. I think I think the main thing I enjoy about it is the fact it's so adaptable. So I can change plans quite quickly because we've got so many fast flying units, as well as just the Knights of the Realm who are the only um, the only big unit, but they're still pretty manoeuvrable, so it's okay. Uh, and they're backed up. I've actually not said what was in it, have I? <laughs> so a unit of Knights of the Realm now, a unit of Pegasus Knights, uh, the Lord uh, on a flying Pegasus, and um, two uh, trebuchets. That's it, isn't it? So it's a small, yeah, small layer. Knights of the Realm, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's good fun. <laughs> Certainly means I don't have to do too much planning of uh, it in advance. You can just yeah. watch what somebody else has got. It's good. It's, it's fast and adaptable. And it, yeah, your, your Lord is, is brilliant. He's great to have. I think just the fact that he can he can threaten anything, whatever anyone puts down on the table. He can, yeah. kill, it, he can kill it in one hit, whatever it is. Yeah, it's exactly. Like blow it's, yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. And the fact yeah. you, can, you can get right, most of your army can get right around man. You can complete, is that, was the last game we played? When my, for both games, you went completely behind. All yeah. of your cavalry. Yeah. Just I even the next the realm ended up back there, didn't they? Yeah, because yeah, they left space in the flank. They just yeah. scooted by and I had nothing to charge. <laughs> uh, oh, less not. Yeah, your, and your two trebuchets were far, far away. <laughs> I think it'll work really well with the Wood Elves as well because you, Joe, have obviously got the manoeuvrability to stay around yeah. and guard some the trebuchets with a couple of units, but then still fly up the front and do some attacking if you need to. Yeah. Well, tell us about tell us about your your list, then, yeah. Joe. That's it. Yeah, I've gone with the Wood Elf list, and uh, so my general, I've gone with a, a spellcaster because I thought it was good to get. A decent wizard in there, and and wood elves. If you if you want to have the access to the decent magic law, you have to take a lord level caster because their hero level ones are stuck with their own uh, whatever it is. Seven. Nobody old, nobody remembers what it's lore. called because they don't the, take them. Yeah, the, yeah, the apple lauren law. Lauren doesn't the really work in the soft trees. It was written for two, <laughs> two editions ago. <laughs> it's pretty rubbish. Um, so I've gone with him, and he's just in order to get him a level four spellcaster. That's my entire lord allowance gone. So he's just a, a naked wood elf level four spellcaster, um, using beasts, beast magic, and he's like kind of the anchor of the army. Like I really rely on uh, uh, Glam Beastweaver to do his do his job and take things down with his amber spear, which is my main weapon against big monsters or heavily armored units. To try and take them out, um, 
so it kind of hinges on protecting him. And I've got two units of the Glade Guard core archers, so you can hop between them and hide in those units. Um, and they they work quite well with with Cole's trebuchets in that they you know want to start far back and kill things from a distance, and they have got good enough shooting that they can take out most war machine hunters. So most like light fast units like goblin wolf riders or whatever can get shot up before they can attack the trebuchets. Um, and then the rest of the core, I've got two units of eight dryads, two minimum minimum sized dryad units, um, who are were pretty awesome. They're skirmishers who are good in combat and quite tough and quite fighty. So they're very maneuverable and they can't take units on in the front, but with a, a sneaky flank charge, they can do quite a lot of damage. And uh, again, relying on the spellcaster to buff them up with a wild form and make them strength and toughness five, which is yeah tougher than ogres. Then suddenly they become they become quite a big threat. Um, it's, it's much more planning got into your list, Joe. Eagles are pretty good. And, yeah, <laughs> and the eagles that was it. And the the rare choice I've been taking two eagles, two whatever eagles, because flyers are brilliant and they're only fifty points each, so they're um, usually there to either hunt war machines if they get the chance or slow down Death Stars and big units to sacrifice themselves, get in the way. Um, Are you going to take that hero on an eagle? Like I'm going to take game? a hero on an eagle, but a slightly different one from the one I was using. I've changed his, his magic items. Um, so, yeah, that was that was the thing that I was struggling with for the, for the list, because I had um, the the Dryad's Archers and the Eagles and the Spellcaster for a while, and then I had like about 180 points left. I wasn't sure what to take with it. I was experimenting with, with uh, extra characters with branch wraiths or with war dancers and things like that, but I couldn't get them to work. So I'm going with a hero on an eagle who is pretty cool. And um, just after seeing Colin's guy zip around like a Pegasus Knights and his lord, it just seems great to have another flying character. Who can uh, yeah. <laughs> threaten units and combo charge with the, uh, you know, some of our faster elements. <laughs> yeah. If you come up against, if you come up against some sort of Death Star, you could find a combo charge of, you know, a Pegasus Knight, a big, big, uh, lance Knights of the realm, uh, a, a Collins General and a Pegasus Knight, and your and your eagle all all at once, which uh, would be hard to. Hard to fight against, I think. Yeah, that's it. If we can, very manoeuvrable. If we can outmanoeuvre the enemy, then uh, that's the key to victory, I think. And it quite, and it helps that we have got the shooting. That means they have to come to us. They can't just sit back and keep yeah, yeah. hits and archer shots. Yeah. So yeah, they can. We've like forced them to to advance and then try and counterattack. That's pretty much the from behind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what horses do best. So yeah, what about these uh, rumours then? <laughs> we probably don't need to go too much deeply into it. It'd be good to talk about it again though after uh, after the tournament and see how these choices worked out though. Yeah, and uh, yeah, for myself and Colin, I, I think Joe knows what he's doing. Yeah. But, uh, for, for, for us, uh, especially me, uh, uh, I'm not putting myself up as an, as an expert in 
anyway. No, I mean, no. I'll play this game once every <laughs> couple of months or something on average. Um, yeah. It'd be great to know if uh, anyone has any advice on uh, advice on, on on what to do, how to build lists, and uh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> do you know what we should get uh, Matt on in the following uh, podcast? Test out his blue Yeti microphone because Matt, yeah, like Grant says, me and him are probably pretty unexperienced. Well, we've played plenty of Warhammer, but we're still not very good at it. Uh, but Joe obviously is pretty good, and Matt is really good as well. So you both, if we've got the two, you talking about the tournament choices and all the other armies and stuff, that'd be quite cool. Yeah, we, we could do that. I suppose we've we've kind of both been playing on and off since like fourth edition. Or yeah, before, just before fourth edition, third edition. That's when we started playing it. So. <laughs> so you have a bit of experience. Yeah, I started about I started about four years ago, and I've played about twenty something games since then, or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, similar yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've had a bit more, a bit more uh, warmer experience, I guess. <laughs> okay, well, let let us know, folks, if you uh, if there's any advice out there for like <laughs> four after four years, still a budding player, still a noob. Anyway, right. Uh, so on to um, ninth edition, and I've uh, yeah. oh, I was saying off air. The, the, so we're we're looking at uh, Joe's looking on Warseer because his constitution can can take uh, <laughs> online 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 uh, nerd rage uh, a lot a lot more than I can. <laughs> Why do people get so wound up? <laughs> I mean, it's still well, cliche, but they need to get more things in their life. <laughs> I don't, know. I don't know. People have lots of time on their hands or something. Yeah. I suppose it's an emotive hobby for. Yes, indeed. Yeah. There are some. There are. To be fair, I'm looking at this. Um, I'm looking at this strand on uh the Warseer forums, the the war the hobby wargaming um site. Uh, one of their one of their main features. People go there for for rumors of future developments with uh, GW products. Um, and yes, there, there's there's one uh, thread that started up, and somebody's putting across there uh, what what they say they've heard about the the new um, the new uh, rule set for Warhammer Fantasy Battles. Rumours for the ninth edition with a take with a bucket of salt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> lot of wish listing, things that they just want in there, and some guesswork, which goes off onto an, a lot of guesswork that goes off onto another forum, uh, and comes back to the same for the original forum as as uh, cast iron certainty that's going to be <laughs> in the next edition. Yeah, even though I'm pretty sure they won't have decided at Games Workshop HQ what's going to be in. Yeah, people, well, if it's nearly a year away. <laughs> Yeah, but there'll still still be they'll still be deciding on things. Oh yeah, aye. Just you think I don't know. It depends how far ahead the production schedule is. I think most of it would probably be done by now. You think? Mm-hmm. Do, when would it normally come out? Would it be over summer, June, it July? It normally be summer. Yeah, June, July. I mean, White Dwarf's done three months in advance, at least. Yeah. They've got it completely done, all you know, painted models up, and. Studio photographed. Yeah, well ahead. More and stuff, well ahead. And uh, you know they'll be getting it all printed in in China probably, and 
Boxed up there, <laughs> yeah. that's, you know, going to need quite a big schedule turnaround there. So, uh, I think they'd be quite far on with the the designs of, you know, the what's going to be in the box set if it is coming next year, which I think it is because it's usually every four years they update it. You know, just when guys like you yeah. are getting used to the rule set, it changes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you could be right. I mean, six months probably isn't unreasonable to have uh, drafts finished, is it? Like a kind of lead up to getting a whole book printed. But then again, I'm not sure. Like, is it on? They say it's three months to get a white dwarf lined mm-hmm. up. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, at least that thing. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder how many people work on white dwarf. Do you think it's a big team or is it just a small bunch of guys? Um, they have credits on the magazine. Yeah, yeah the credits on the magazine. I think it's probably smaller than most magazines, but still, yeah. you know, still a reasonable, reasonable staff. Yeah. Okay. Well. Anyway, so we're talking. Are we basically talking uh, war game design here? How to design a good war game? What we would wish would go into Warhammer to make it a better war game? What would, yeah. What would we like? What's our wish list for ninth edition? Then? Yeah. Straight well, off, but I think it's a fair guess that it'd definitely definitely be in there I'd say um, if, because it was in the 40 because it was in the 40k and again let, let's just preface this we don't know anything <laughs> if, yeah. if this, if this turns up on, on, on Warseer then it's because somebody wasn't listening properly um, <laughs> this is what we let's just say what we want rather than what there is but it would yeah. seem reasonable to guess that uh, 40k has an allies table, and they started to go some some way to towards this in uh, in the allies rule they had in eighth edition. And the ninth edition, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fourth like edition. Proper... Fourth edition and oh. fifth edition, you had allies. You could spend 25% of your force on allied units, and there weren't yeah. that restrictions, so it was completely broken. I would always face my I would always face my mate's dwarf list and they would always have always have an allied empire battle wizard. <laughs> Usually a celestial wizard. <laughs> Sometimes. Still kick his ass. Because I'd have all the broken magic items on my orcs, but anyway. <laughs> uh, it was the fourth edition days of the childhood well spent. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> That's cool. I wasn't sure what you meant there by the allies, uh, but you mean just actually being able to draft in yeah. any other unit in the whole entire game? Well, well I think you're basically your side of the table. Yeah, the 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 forty k the forty k table um, is based on what is it the three three or four degrees of whether you completely untrust and will never never team up. Ah, okay, so it's goodies and baddies basically and neutral again. Kind of, but there are individual entities like some of some of the Space Marine chapters don't get along, for instance. And yeah, yeah, and it's basically a big table. You cross-reference uh, each each of them to see uh, one 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 against there to see how well they get along. And there are special rules for how uh, how they deal with each other, where they can use your yeah a general's leadership or 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 whatever the equivalent is in 40k. And things like that, and yeah, I'd expect to see that. Um, they really should have had it in the uh, the Storm of Magic um, expansion that came out for that came out for Warhammer Fantasy, 
which is like the, the big Super massive games big. where magic's yeah. really important and there's lots of monsters. That 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 was like a big monstrous manual type type thing. But you could have any monster in any army, which really didn't make sense. And we are like I said, we're talking about a, a narrative driven game and you could just have any sort of evil monster in your in your high elf. Your wizard had summoned it, hadn't you? That was the <laughs> A wizard did it. Yeah. <laughs> a wizard did it. Through a portal. A portal one is the question. He teleported it there. That's how it happened. <laughs> yeah, it's not very strong narratively, is it? Uh, why, why, why was he going to the chaos waste instead of instead of getting all the eagles from the mountains of the mountains of uh, of the elven oh, worlds instead? Yeah. yeah it, it didn't. It didn't make. It didn't make great sense. And uh, but I, I think. And I think I'd like to see them. Uh, Push for that bit of narrative in, in, in allies, and I expect that to happen because I think with the later the expansion to an expansion, uh, uh, which is unearthed. Don't know that's the. Unearthed Arcana. What was the I know. I know what you mean. The Forge World one, which Monstrous Arcana or something like that. Yes, Monstrous. I think that's it. Yeah, Monstrous well, Arcana, which is the extension we're to. We're straying further from Ninth Edition, aren't we? Slightly. Yeah, sorry. Um, but just, just, I'm, I'm just. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm doing the thing of, of trying to, trying to detect a trend rather than saying I would like to see this. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's my wish. There you, you go. Predict. You, you would like to see yeah. allies. You think allies would be good allies, but allies that make sense. Yeah. Yeah, relatively. The, dwar the, the dwarves in the empire should be able to get along because historically, in the fluff, they have. The high elves and the dark elves should not be able to team up without some difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. So how else would you limit it, though? I mean, are you going to let sort of equal art? So you you've got two thousand points. Mm -hmm. You can pick a thousand of empire, a thousand of dwarfs. Or is it going to be uh, you are an empire army with a ten percent allocation oh, of dwarfs? Contingent, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's more doable that way, isn't it, with the con that little contingent thing, mm -hmm. rather than having to have an entire army? Because then you have to have a, at least a character to be your general in your in your in the minor part. Yeah. And having having a ten percent. You know, having a ten percent points allocation where you can have a core unit in there, yeah. you, you don't you don't want to have to go through having a whole character as well. Wouldn't that keep it more balanced though? I mean, I know, I know that is the way it is in forty k. I think you have to have a an HQ choice, yes, and you have to have a troops choice. Yeah, it has to be the 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 ally rules say you have to have two armies. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, you're right. Uh, in terms of balance, you can't just—you're not getting this entire unit for free. You're having to start from scratch and, and build a build an army, and therefore it's more difficult to just chuck. Oh, I'll just chuck on some the the latest broken unit that comes out. <laughs> do you think many people? They I jump mean, through a portal. Yeah, you, in a sense, that already exists, doesn't it? You've got the allies, like you say, they've got the allies in the current book. Um, it doesn't allow for. It doesn't say it allows for one person to take two armies, obviously, but there's no reason somebody couldn't just use those rules and say they have some dwarfs and empire working together, and because they're close allies, they're allowed to share magic, does dice and stuff like that. Do you think many people play like that? Yeah, but there are only two sides cut in the current rules. There's only good and evil, and some neutral who can go either way. Yeah, uh, just a couple of those. Oh, so, so you the, would say so the high elves and the, sorry. 
Uh, sorry, I was just going to say, so you would say there's like really specific alliances then, so yeah, dwarfs and empire can team up, dwarfs and... Um... Yeah, dwarfs and high elves can team up, but they don't get on as well as dwarfs and empire. Right. Yeah, they should be, because they've, they've, they've continuously at war, although that's yeah. the dark elves' fault. <laughs> so there would be very specific alliances, so each race can only maybe take units from another two races, say. Mm-hmm. I think they, they, they're going to be... Or whatever the fluff says. Yeah. you might win. mean there are broken... There are broken uh, well, bro they might mean there are um, less balanced um, combinations, but that's... We're not talking about chess here. We're talking about a, a narrative game, a hobby game, uh, where, where you're telling a story. Uh, I would... What I, of course, I've always said, what I would really like to see is separate rules for the different chaos gods. I don't want to see yeah. I don't want to see yeah, yeah. a corn army and a slanesh army next to each other because they're not supposed to like each other <laughs> at all. Uh, but I would like to see some reward for put for putting a slanesh uh, warriors army with a slanesh uh, demons army. I'd like to see some sort of benefit for doing that because it makes sense. I want to see the, the the sorcerers summon these demons, not that they just popped up into into existence <laughs> because through okay. a portal. <laughs> so, in a general sense, you want more fluff. You want more reward for playing fluff, and more requirement yes. to play fluff. Yeah. Okay. No requirement sounds it's a, a lot more twisting your arm to do it. Yeah, well that's what I mean. Yeah. If you put it in the rules to require that, though, then that's what you're saying. That's what you're getting. Yeah, I suppose I suppose I am. Yeah, you, you want you want things on the board that make sense. Yeah. As, well, yeah. Okay, that's Someone fair enough. So you were halfway through saying something there, Joe. What was was there? Was I was I was agreeing with Grant. I'd like uh, as part of the wish listing, I think, for ninth edition, I'd. You know, personally, I'd like to see the Chaos Gods all split up, have a great schism between them, <laughs> instead of this happy Chaos Gods loving all chums <laughs> of each other. <laughs> friendly, that's <laughs> going on at the moment. <laughs> to be I'm... fair, there were some inroads made to that. You can't put your you can't put your um, uh, Slanesh Lord in, into a into a unit of. Uh, um, corn um, warriors, but you're, that was more that's more a punishment than a reward. I would like to see some a, a synergy mm. come about rather than uh, rather than being punished. And then certain things you would never put your lord in uh, your corn lord into the um, marauder horsemen that are going around the flanks. So they're okay. That you can have the slanesh. Um, Horsemen coming around the flanks, just even so, they're 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 fine. They're in the same army, but they they like each other. Mm, I would still no... rather see it all split up and have separate gods in separate books, and split, up, books. split up the demons, split up the warriors, and split up the beastmen, and put them take their units and put like some some go with corn. I think the beastmen are fast becoming not chaos. Uh, not, not really well, in the same way. There's a wish list. I would, they would, I, they should still be chaos beastmen. Are you saying, Joe? You're not saying that we'd end up with nine books out of those three, surely? No, you'd end up with four instead of three. So you, oh, so you'd have a book for each god, which would include god, yeah. demons, chaos, so warriors, demons, and chaos beasts. And beasts, yeah. Okay, right. Align to that god and give them a bit more flavour and take them off in slightly yeah. different directions. Because as it is. 
Beastmen, demons, and warriors pretty, play pretty similarly, I think. Yeah. They've all got yeah, the, vehicles combat. Yeah. Vehicles combat. You only very little shooting. Yeah. Big nasty monsters and. Uh, I suppose beastmen have got a bit more chaff, but then again, they're not the units that really get used. What people care about, people just care about like minotaurs and things. Which <laughs> they're not that different from chaos ogres. Yeah. They, but you could split them up nicely and have like, so yeah, minotaurs. They've got bloodlust, so they go with corn or something. Trolls, <laughs> they're always changing, so they go with zinc. Um, I've, I've read, I've read a really uh, good novel um, that uh, from the Black Library, uh, which has the which has the Chaos Beastmen in it, and, and from certainly from that, it looks like they're really separating them out from the Chaos Wastes. They live in the forests, and they're kind of warped by Chaos, but they really don't belong to the gods. Um, yeah, but it does, uh, yeah, I've never way. tried to do that now, but that is a massive retcon on like a lot of the older fluff yes. and the older stuff that was going on that they were yes. corrupted by the gods. <laughs> So that's quite a departure. That'd be quite interesting, though, wouldn't it? You're stopping look, doing the books by races, uh, or they don't have to just be by races. They can be by belief or by God or by yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's if, if I was, you know, wish listening. If I was designing, that's what I'd do, and I'd want to do a lot more with it. The human races as well. Yeah. Maybe. Um, Think problem is with the well, yeah, okay, it is a wish list. Yeah, we want to see more. We want to see. Cafe and Nippon. Nippon and Araby. Araby. Some like Talia, some of the Estalia, some of those states as well. I mean, they're they're pretty similar to the Empire, so, you know, but even if it was just like an alternative Empire list or something. Yeah. Or even Britonia. <laughs> I know, I've just realised that I, I, that last statement was stupid because the humans are totally split up already, so it's not it's already not by race only. <laughs> or the, and the yeah. elves as well. Yeah, exactly. Aye. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think. Sorry, just to go back to go back a couple of steps. Um, you mentioned about the Alliance stuff, Grant. I think that would be to me that would be a great thing because mm. having played dwarfs in the past, that would make them a lot more interesting because I could pull in some fast-moving units. I could really liven up that army, and similar with the uh, Bretonians as well. Uh, I feel kind of I have seemed to have two of the races which are. The most um, one-dimensional. Most so, mate, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All the books that are, um, yeah, yeah, good at what they do, but they only do one thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, the Brit Bretonians, you do have a range of stuff to choose from, but essentially, it's just guys on horses with slightly different configurations and powers. Uh, you've got a couple of flying units. Yeah, they're great. You have some um, infantry, but they're all pretty crap. They're just. Um, I mean, they're just really chaffed to get in front of the knights and to bog stuff down. But if I could pull in some alliance, even if it was just one or two races, and I could pull in some uh, big monsters to make it more fun, or even just some like powerful infantry that could go alongside the knights, that'd be really cool. I would, I'd, I'm up for putting that in the wish list. Yeah, that's good. And one of the rumours, which is probably largely discredited, was kind of like the Wood Elves and Bretonians might be um, combined into one. Oh yeah, I remember you mentioned that in the next edition and stuff. Yeah, I I don't think that will happen, but it it would be interesting to see how they would do it, and they would um, kind of move the timeline on and have like almost a half elven race or half elven faction yeah. of humans and elves working together. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, possibly some offspring who are half elves. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really see the kind of the thinking behind that um, Bretonian wood elf thing. Is it just? But I mean, I know in the fluff they're quite. Suppose they're the always... the lake is supposedly a wood elf. Oh really? Yeah. I never got that from the fluff. Really? Well, yeah, that's part of the uh, the background or the backstory. Uh, that it's, uh, it's hinted at that she, she might be Ariel or Ariel's sister. Okay. Like she's got some. She taught the humans magic and things like that. And you know, elves are the ones who uh, were masters of the magic after the right. after the old ones and Slan left and things. I see. Um, okay. Yeah, and it was like in the Wood Elf book, it was like a prophecy of how the the Breton tribe would have, would have one day come to protect and help the Wood Elves. So they've All right. they've kind of uh, worked <laughs> with them in the past and you know allowed them to set them near their forest and things like that. Yeah, well, I'd have nothing against that. It means I could start using treekin and uh, your dryads <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. That'd be quite cool. <laughs> as long as they put in a couple of uh, big monsters of some sort, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, I was thinking about. It. I was trying to think of what I would like brought into the game. I think I have, my main frustrations at the moment are the sort of lack of variety when my races. So that's already covered. But apart from that, the la I just remember the last edition seemed to improve it so much for me because mainly because of a couple of things. The first one being the uh, step-up rule. So yeah. the fact that dwarfs, for example, could bloom and hit back as opposed to always <laughs> being second to hit. <laughs> the first row gets destroyed and you know even get to bloom and swing a sword or a mace or whatever. I could, put a dark, I could put a dark elf assassin in, kill like four guys, yeah. the, 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 the three guys that were adjacent to him, Yeah. Oh, sorry, he could kill seven guys that were adjacent to him. Yeah. Apparently what this did was blew such a great big hole in your line that none of them could fight back. Yeah, exactly. It just seemed absolutely as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that they fixed that was a big thing for me. Um, and the other thing was the charge distance. The mm -hmm. fact that it was a bit, well, it's still unlikely dwarfs can get off a 10-inch charge, but at least they've got a chance. Well, um, actually, yeah, Tenet is fighting blooming very yeah. likely now. Yeah. yeah. So that, one, that one be, of my... Yeah, like I, th I think in the first the first year or something of playing this game, I must have got off like one charge in my entire <laughs> Warhammer career, which really doesn't make for the most fun <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Basically, I was just always just turtling up and doing nothing. So yeah, that made quite a big difference. Um, but yeah, I so yeah. Sorry, so I was just thinking of the things that improved it the last time round, and I I can't actually. I don't know if I've played it enough since then to actually have thought of many more problems. I'm still just enjoying the improvements the last time from the last yeah. time round. I, I think it's got this time. It's unfair. Well, let's fear wish fear you yeah. oh, really. Yeah. Was it just a lot more purple? Not more. Oh, actually. Sorry, I'm just sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Sorry, Gwanjo. <laughs> oh, I was just saying, yeah, the fear auto break was a really big thing in seventh edition, wasn't it? Whereas if you lost a round to a unit who caused fear and they outnumbered you, you, you would just automatically run. Oh yeah. Gone. So like your little unit of dwarves would happen to lose against fifty skeletons or something and just yeah. gone. I like it. Yeah. Unit, yeah, it didn't matter that you were like supposed to be really stalwart brave warriors and at least yeah. ten, it was just like yeah, gone, dead. That's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there was you could break and run just from seeing them as well, and at that point as yeah. well. Yeah, that's that's what they've done well, I think, in this edition. Like you get more of a fight. It's uh, they improve a lot of the leadership and stuff. It's not such a big deal, and you can you know the battle standard now helps against 
all your leadership rerolls. So mm-hmm. you're usually get into combat and have guys hanging around. Whereas, yeah, seventh edition quite often a large faction army would run away before yeah. <laughs> anything got that close to them. <laughs> right, so we're just wishing for a lot of things. Part of what we're doing is wishing for a lot of things not to come back. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, don't bring pre-measuring. Keep it. Yeah, I like, like pre-measuring speeds up the game. I think. Yeah. I was just. What about? Sorry. What about? Um, yeah. If if there was another thing that I would wish for, it's to speed it up a bit. Mm. What would speed it up? What would speed up Warhammer? I think part of it would be. Well, what, I remember playing, remember Grant that we played that um, uh, Kings of War match and they are an entirely different system which is basically you've got a unit, uh, you, I mean in their system you don't even need separate models do you really, you could have a block of guys just all sitting there and not really worry about them separating because basically it's just a unit with hit points. You can go is that, yeah, exactly, yeah. So what about that having just hit points rather than worrying about taking off models, all that kind of stuff. You just have two attacks um, and it's much more yeah, did you win, did you win or not? Do they lose this round? Do they disappear? Yeah, you have your individual models don't uh, it's, it, it, it was just great not to have a unit champion that had one extra attack. Mm, <laughs> I think it's like how many times like trying yeah. to do the addition, add up that attack and that attack and that attack and that attack and Oh, and there's a champion. There's that other. It's just yeah. Number of times. I don't. I can't be bothered chucking that one extra dice in. It's like what? What does that add? <laughs> one attack. Units. You need them to take the demon princes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's just it doesn't add too much to the game. These. Like, oh, that know, one more for there. Yeah. It's like that unit has this many attacks, and that's how many dice I roll. It's just. It's just it's just and it's the base, the base thing as well. I think should be the same as well because it, it's if they could just change that up and just abstract that a bit to make it that would make it flow quicker. I think yeah. Because a lot of the time at the moment it's now figuring out well if who's in base to base contact with who so who can he can attack and he can only attack mm-hmm. him and then his support yeah. attack has to go on them but they're in a challenge so we can't attack them so we got whereas if you just like, yeah you, we get this many dice and yes. allocate them yeah when <laughs> you can attack from, anyone anyone that's in base contact with your unit even. Yeah, and that would something like that, or just change the way characters work so that they, maybe they don't even have a separate. I mean, they they won't do it in Warhammer, I don't think, but it's something that you could do in design. Just change the way they work, so maybe they just provide like a a, a buff overall to that unit, or they change that unit's stats or something. Yeah. So you don't yeah. you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about the trying to make every individual sword blow matter. Yeah, yeah. Or there's just yeah, they get an extra power to the unit or something like that. The unit can do something special because of them. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Or once a game, yeah. they can go on a rampage and you get an extra 2d6 attacks or something. Yeah, yeah I like that. It's where you have every hero or lord doesn't have a stat line, but has their, a buff line. Yeah. Like yeah. A, 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 a bonus. Yeah. So high elf, high elf lords give this many extra attacks to this unit. Um, high, you know, high elf wizards don't give any extra attacks, but they do have spells. Yeah. And they're just sort of a token that wanders around. Yeah. How often, Joe, do you remember from the last time, the last tournament, how often do people actually use the power for a, a character to leave a unit and zoom about by itself? How often does that actually happen? Um, 
not not dead often, but it does happen. It will happen, yeah. you, you know, when the situation arises. Um, Is it? I did it, I did it quite a few times, I suppose, actually, because oh, okay. my my um, savage or no, it wasn't savage orc. It was an orc shaman who was on a boar, and yeah, he, he had to avoid combat at all costs. He wasn't very yeah. So he would hop from one unit of goblin wolf riders to another quite often to <laughs> run away from bloodthirsters and things that were coming yeah. after him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just curious because I think I think you're right. I think taking out characters would speed things up a lot, but you would lose a couple of sort of nice little. You would uh, lose that, but it could just be a character token that you could move from unit to unit. You could like say he's yeah. a moving unit or something. Or yeah, it's just well, like, just you start the model, wouldn't you? Yeah, the model moves. Yes. Yeah. To that unit, but you just yeah, you don't have to track it in the same way. It transfers their buff. Yeah. yeah. So extra attacks for one character, another character will give extra ward save, or you know, just some some different bonus, and that would uh, keep the uh, something within the character of what they're supposed to do in the game, yeah. but not having to complicate things by having them standing there in the unit. And in being yeah. base contact yeah. with this and that, but not in base contact with that, yeah. and a challenge with yeah. with this thing. Uh, it's, the, and it's the maximizing the, contact as well thing that gets me. Like what? That adds so much time when you're trying to figure out your most adv- advantageous way to charge somebody. Whereas if it was just like if you could reach the person, then you basically line them up middle to middle and then just fire on attack. And it seems silly in the fluff as well. I mean, you're not going to get a unit running up and they're just going to like stop halfway <laughs> along the other unit. Like, can mm. you imagine two equal-sized armies of guys facing up and actually there's at both mm-hmm. ends there's a, a bunch of guys just standing around doing nothing. It just <laughs> seems a bit ridiculous. I am standing in line. Plus, we're talking about we're not mm. talking. Looking at a horde of goblins, a hundred goblins. Yeah. They're not standing in a five by ten grid. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So if you <laughs> just they kind of have to, but they kind of have to start, sit in that in that movement tray just so, so you can move yeah. them on the board. Yeah, of course. I mean that's necessary, but yeah. So if a, if a charge succeeds, like you said before, there's no more, no more of this. Who's in contact with who? And you just line them up center to center, and just, it stops yeah, all this fanning about. Yeah. Exactly. Well, All this fanning about with uh, angles and who hits who and uh, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be good. And that's for me to, to bear in mind. Well, that's what I'm trying to do with the uh, with Warpack, with uh-huh. uh, war game and design. Yes. When I get around to doing that, <laughs> simplify it because I was wondering yeah. how I was going to get characters working in that. But I, the way of having them as like a yeah, just a, a static buff and transferring that, I think that's better than what I had. Whereas I just had them like. They were just in a character unit. You either bought them on their own or with a bodyguard, and then they just stayed in that unit. Okay. But uh, right. Uh-uh. In more call. Um. What else? <laughs> I wonder if there's people, if anybody actually listens to this, if the people are just shouting at me saying, "What? Taking away our complications? That's taking away the skill, dumbing it down." <laughs> but I think. What you're asking is, you said something about Warhammer. Will yeah. somebody have a rage on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maybe probably. to hear it first, aren't they? But yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm interested in Warhammer, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. I definitely I, get some nerd rage going on Warhammer. I, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think basically for me, the the thing that puts me off playing games of Warhammer is that we always end up, and I know this is partly to do with our amateurism, but we always end up taking six hours to have a game. Um, 
and it doesn't have to be like that, but I think that it would be much better for most people if it was a bit less complicated. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I think there's a lot of the, the complexity that doesn't add that much to the yes. game. Yes. Kind of yeah. That... Like some of the terrain rules as well, especially the magical terrain. I hope they just get rid of that in the next. Yeah, just, or just have it as an option, a minor uh, option. Yeah. Yeah. That that it just it overcomplication. Where's the benefit? Why why am I rolling this dice? Why am I rolling this dice that gets me a might give me a chance to roll another dice to then get something that might of minor benefit. I get one extra wound in a massive combat that oh, why bother? Yeah. Um yeah. Uh I think that's it. So a little more simplification. One thing this is my last one, uh that I want more complicated, bizarrely, <laughs> is buildings. I don't think okay. they make any sense. Um, yeah. I, I see why it's done. Uh, that it was, they were made more simple, but some things don't quite make as much sense as they should. Uh, they, they did it to, to to do exactly what I'm asking for. Um, but it seems like any tiny shack can hold a unit of uh, a unit of forty large infantry. Uh, any, there's no cap, is there? That's it. There's right. no cap. The the levels on a building, uh, each one can fit a certain you know a certain number can fire out of them, which doesn't seems a bit odd. Um, yeah, uh, things that are that have lots of attacks are good inside buildings. Well, maybe yeah. an extra frenzied unit would be better inside a building. All I know is when I send witch elves into a building, whatever was in there explodes. And, and dies. Um, it, it doesn't seem quite right that they'd be that much better than anything else, but but they are. Uh, yeah, a little, little more complexity, but everything else more simple, please. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good point. Building rules need to be uh, addressed and looked at because it's very hard to shift a unit out of a building once they're in because all the, all the bonuses they get and mm. you know you fight combat half as often if you're in a building because you don't get locked in combat. And, Things like that. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Uh, you know why they've done stubborn. it is, yeah. yeah. I think the Blood and the Badlands had some ideas about rules for breaching buildings, which were, which kind of helped, but again, were weren't particularly uh, finessed. Which were just kind of like, yeah, once you breach the building, you'll generally kick the people out. Um, but yeah, that would be good to to look at because it's uh, it comes up quite a lot and it does make a big difference. Um, What's Blood and the Badlands, Joe? Uh, Blood, Blood and Badlands is like um, a, a campaign supplement thing for Warhammer that they just did on quite a, a limited release. Where it had like the story of, of like a big campaign that had been played in the studio and um, picture of the painted armies and then random events charts you could roll on and, and told you how to replicate the campaign and give you ideas for running your own Warhammer campaigns. But it also had some siege rules and um, things like that at the back. We used a little bit in that last campaign that we tried. Yeah, yeah. We did, yeah. That's, that's actually something I hadn't thought about before, but I'd like to see more campaign stuff. I think that'd yeah. be interesting. Like, I know we've got our own system and it's good, but it'd be quite cool to see what they come up with, especially if it included a lot more um, really specific scenarios. Like, I really liked some of the scenarios we found online, and uh, there's a few in the sort of old White Dwarfs and stuff as well, isn't there? But it'd be quite yeah. cool if you had, like, a selection of 20 scenarios, like, 
um, sort of castle assaults or mine assaults or you know sieges that kind of stuff. Well, it's quite that'd be quite good. You haven't read the you haven't read the big rule book though, have you? Because that's actually got a lot of stuff in in in, in there like that. Oh, well, does it? A fair okay. amount. Yeah, because you've only got the you. Only I've got just got a little one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. All right. Sorry, I take that back. Good job, GW. It's not not a huge <laughs> not a huge amount, is there? There, but you there's some. Don't often see them used either, do you? Weirdly, um, but it would be nice to make it kind of more official. I think to have some of that, those in the, in the more official book or in the official battle scenarios. Yeah, it's definitely more. Definitely more. Yes. Maybe, maybe even this is maybe going a bit too far out, but uh, character power ups as well. Like what? Uh, so having a ca- campaign, we were trying to do it so that you can power up your characters when they win battles or they do special stuff. That'd be quite cool if you had some kind of structured way to do that. So you're playing a campaign long, and you can make your lord suddenly. Uh, <laughs> he's got special things that he gains out of victories. Yeah, and it'd just be really nice to have like an, an official suggested campaign yeah. in the rulebook, and yeah. a same official suggested tournament format or something in the rulebook. Yeah. So you can kind of point back to that, and everyone um, is starting from the same place. Yeah. You could, then you can house rule on top of it. But if you just had that as a basis, I think that'd yeah that would benefit the hobby overall. That'd be nice to go to a Throne of Skulls and do six matches where you're actually building your army with each match, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Again, more more storyline, isn't there? More yeah. There that you can, you can get into. I think they yeah. have campaign weekends at Warhammer oh, World. They do have some. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure of the rules of them, but they, they definitely have them. Well, they do have a, do they not have a campaign system. I'm not sure if it's current or if it was an old yeah, one or something. Yeah, one they have, uh, well, they had Mighty Empires before. That, that was it, yeah, yeah, Mighty Empires. Yeah. And they did re-release it a few years ago with a simple system, but I'd, it never really seemed to take off. I've never not heard of that many people using it's it. Quite a lot of a, I think it was quite a lot of a game in itself. The, the old one definitely was. Like I, I had that back in the, the 90s. So that was, yeah, that was huge. That was a game in itself and wasn't great for structuring Warhammer because you quite often end up with mismatched armies. So you'd, you'd mm. like a big points advantage in the game. Which... Yeah, it would be, you wind up playing playing your game after all that build up and it wasn't worth playing. Yeah. Um, but if, if, yeah, if you make the campaign thing too powerful. Yeah. I reckon I reckon for your for your Warpack system, you're designing a brand new wargaming system that would be the key points for me it would be if the three of us four of us got together we could actually play a game um, in an hour and a half to two hours and therefore we could have two or three games in an evening so we could actually go along and play a few games and uh, there was a campaign system to tie it together so that we're a bit more motivated to actually get together on a regular basis as well so that um, you, you know your kind of each game does matter as opposed to being a bit throwaway That'd be quite cool. Definitely. Well, Joe, you're talking about you're you tell me that you'd want to integrate can the 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 yeah the pretenders the pretenders campaign system. Yeah. Into, yeah. When I do finally get round to um, finishing Warpack and writing it up, <laughs> I want to have the pretenders campaign system integrated into that and being part of it, part of the rulebook. Yeah. Um, like this is how you play an extended campaign, and these are the various benefits your characters can get and suggestions for kicking off the story and uh, the pretenders campaign is, it is the story of that uh, character of that that general that warlord and what um, they're trying to achieve what their ambition is and it, as they get battles play out it's whether or not they achieve that um, 
and that could then you're, you're then maybe then your um, so we're now talking about Warpack, but we're talking about these characters being tokens and giving buffs. Yeah. But they, then they could still get involved in duels of other characters, but they would be they, they wouldn't then have sort of the same combat stats as your as your line troops. They would no, have a, if they if they would then have their um, they would entirely be described by their campaign. Well, a the buff that they give to their to the to units, but b uh, described in terms of their campaign stats. Well, be their hope, pain, and, and, and all the rest of it from yeah. from from contenders. That's a good point. So you could have a, a kind of mini game within the game of the way that if you know the situation that won't happen very often, but when these two these characters meet in a challenge, that yeah, it, it plays out in a different system that then will impact on the bigger game. Um, yeah, that's quite cool. And then the challenge yeah. makes challenges a lot more meaningful because that's a, a problem in the current edition of Warhammer. Challenges are, are used more to, to hide from combat than to engage in heroic duels, yeah. I find, I, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the more, so the more my wishlisting wish uh, consists of, uh, or just there, consists of me, me hoping that Joel writes it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's a card-based system, <laughs> in a bit of a departure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I think it's totally relevant to talk about that here because we're talking about designing a better war game system. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, th- I reckon, I, I know we're designing our uh, our Cosmic Cobalt's game uh, very slowly alongside this, but I, that be maybe play play test after we've done this Eternal Contenders game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I mean, I think. I'd be I'd be happy to help with uh, doing some um, war pack stuff if you wanted to, Joe, because that's I'd oh, awesome, definitely yeah. be interested in, improve, in improving some war gaming because it's something that I I really really enjoy playing war games, but for some reason I still find myself halfway through at least half of the games that I play getting bored and a bit frustrated because of the systems we're playing with. Mm. It's just I know what you mean. It's still every game of, of Warhammer I have to look up. At least a couple of things. Yeah. Or at least there's a few rules that I just think. So how does that work? I can't exactly. Remember. Yeah. And I know there's guys out there know the system back to front and well done to them for learning it and playing enough. But I just don't have enough time to play it often well, enough to learn it that well. Yeah. Generally, if you get good at Warhammer, it's because it's pretty much the only game you play. Yeah. Ah, you've got to be dedicated to it, don't you? Yeah. It's um, a big. It's a big rules game, and I I like to play more than one game. Yeah. Totally. And we, yeah, you've got to have a gaming club, don't you? That you go along to every single week and play just that. Aye, aye, or or or, or a decent workshop. Um, yeah. There actually was one in Aberdeen, but um, I would have to if I went there every weekend. I'd have to hang out with the kids that I teach every weekend, right. which would be. A bit. I went a couple of times. It's good. I recommend it to anyone. It's actually a it's good sort of community going there. Not what I would expect from a workshop. It's. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it wouldn't be for me. It would just be a bit odd. Um, <laughs> yeah, I suppose I'm saying this. I there's plenty of war um, war gaming systems that I've not tried. Like I've not played War Machine. I've not played uh, Flames of War. I don't know whether they a lot of them actually solve these problems. Even Kings of War that we war gave. Machine is, war Machine is quite rule heavy because every, every single every single model's got its own practically has its own sort of rules. Kings of War, I'd like to get into. Yeah. Um, it's See, Kings of War games. Yeah, Kings of War seemed like it was more towards that side of things. It was simplifying it. It was cutting down in rules rather than. But then again, in Kings of War, I 
it didn't the fact that it's missing out a lot of the sort of nice rules uh, sorry uh, race fluff and all that kind of stuff yeah, it just it makes it lack a bit yeah mm. like I wouldn't like to that's yeah the Warhammer stuff is so good because it's got that history isn't it it's been going for so long the races have all this history behind them all the fluff all the um, different units that have been going for years and that's a lot of what the appeal is isn't it yeah yeah and they do have good good flavour and and fluff and that kind of deeper narrative that you get into. Like yeah. King I think King's Wolf I felt was was it was a bit too simple. It was lacking yeah. that a bit that you lost everything felt a bit too generic. Yeah. Yeah, I and felt that as well. I think basically it works the way you look at it that yeah, every the entire race tended to share a single um special rule. If you took yeah. on the if you look at the two sides, evil and good then the good the good races had you know, had several good races which had different special rules. So you can have a grand alliance of humans, elves, and humans, elves, and uh, dwarfs to take on the chaos dwarfs, um, dark elves, and 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 whatever else that the undead. Then you actually had quite a variety of special rules to call on. It, it, that, um, that might work like that. But I think we should definitely try that. I, I'm I'm all for hmm. going for different games. Certainly Most after. Systems. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other yeah. thing I'd like a, a war game to support, which I don't know why Warhammer ever will, is uh, more than two players. You know, more than two sides. <laughs> yeah. Multiple players, like three or more three-way yeah. battles. It's, it's not. Yeah. It's a, it would be a bit weird. I mean, how often, even in fiction, do you get three three factions that aren't that that are all milling about in one? You you wouldn't get involved. You would you would always have one. You would always have one party, even if the even if they didn't manage to ally, would just wait for the other two to duke it out. And uh, that's where was the game. Isn't it? That's where you bring in the game element because you can have more than two yeah, people it's maybe yeah. wanting to to play, and then you you do have those kind of politics going on during mm. the game. Yeah, one side. All right, okay, on, on the back. table. Yeah, on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Right, have we wrapped up the topic? <laughs> we fixed ninth edition. Oh, oh absolutely. We fixed yeah. Yeah. Everything it's going to be a card-based game, <laughs> and none of the characters are going to have any stats. <laughs> <laughs> you just sit around telling stories. In fact, you won't actually roll. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we will entirely remove the crunch. <laughs> and we should resolve to uh, to push forward war pack. We'll help you, Joe, if you want to. Only if you want the help, Thanks. obviously. Oh yeah, no, definitely, definitely with the help, do with the yeah, kick up the bum to get going on. I always have so many projects and things on the yeah and stuff, but that is one that I've been tinkering with, and uh, yeah, it'd be great to get get up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ninth, make it simple. Yeah. <laughs> Wash. Done. Fixed. <laughs> Is that us for another episode then? Good stuff. For two episodes. Yes, I think so. I'm getting uh, I'm getting uh, knocks through the wall for uh, making too much noise. It's getting a bit late, so. Okay, <laughs> right. Well, let's quietly uh, say goodbye, everyone. Oh, they can't hear you, you guys. Get... <laughs> Joe, you're lucky with your shed of dread out in the garden. You can shout as much as you want. <laughs> it's ideal. Yeah. My office right. is through the wall from the bedroom. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so egg box is stuck to you all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Oh well. Anyway, yeah, I enjoyed that. It was a good episode. Yeah, How that's. I do uh, myself. <laughs> How can people yes. contact us? Contact me. I am at Grant Sensei. <laughs> I am at uh, Gamer Colin. I am at Joe J Prince, and uh, also on Google Plus. As, uh, yeah. Plus. Joe Prince. Yeah, we're. Uh, I think we're past this Facebook caper. So get us on uh, our our what do you call it? Our Dyson with Design page on Google Plus. Uh, seems to be really good for communities actually for chatting and uh, sort of sharing stuff. So try and find us on there. That'd be good. Yep. And mm-hmm. if you like to email us, we're uh, podcast at dicingwithdesign dot com question mark without the question yes. mark. Yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> and, and thanks. And, very- Thanks very much to Kevin McLeod for uh, for uh, incompetech.com uh, for his oh, good uh, remembering. Yep. Because <laughs> because uh, yeah, nearly enough dice use him as well, uh, and I get reminded when I listen to him. Another really good. Uh, yeah, sorry. Anyway, listen to them; they're really good as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you could give us a review on iTunes, that'd be awesome. Uh, have we had any for our competition from last time? Did you put in the competition, Grant? Yeah, I put in the thing. Yeah, put in the thing right at the start of the episode. People, cool. uh, they, it's still open. Competition is still open. Yeah. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll be checking the reviews at the end of uh, what will we say? This is September just now. Maybe a couple of weeks or something. Yeah. Anyway, we'll figure something out. We're not in the BBC conditions for uh, the competition standards here, are we? Not quite. <laughs> we'll get in trouble we're not giving them time limits and all that kind of stuff to make sure they do it right <laughs> mm-hmm. but anyway thanks very much for listening folks cheerio cheers yeah, bye wop, 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 wop. <laughs> <laughs>